I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. podcast or whatever or? not really man this is only like my third one. Oh, nice awesome. yeah yeah that's new new to me nice. um, have fun though yeah yeah Oh, really? No, I'm, I'm kidding, dude. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you guys need, man, I'm here. No problem. Okay. I was like, shit, I better uh, streamline my, my thoughts here. <laughs> Not Throw everything out the down, window. Let's right? go. Right. It's a good thing I didn't take any notes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another bonus episode of Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. Uh, this time, it is our usual suspects of myself and Marco is with me. What's going on? Hey, everything's going good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's been a, a pretty crazy week, but uh, yeah. right. we're not here to talk about our weeks. What we are here <laughs> no, for... Not this time. No, is, uh, we're here to talk about a uh, movie that just came out very recently, and has gotten a lot of buzz in the horror community. I know a lot of our friends have been talking about it. Some people mm-hmm. are even saying it's been their favorite movie of 2018 so far. And that movie yes. is the movie Terrifier. But yes. uh, to learn a little bit more about this movie, we reached out to the creator. Uh, there's a lot of slashes in this title here, so um, bear with me for a minute before I introduce him. He is the uh, writer and director and editor and special effects guy. And uh, did I miss anything else? Uh, <laughs> that would be. Uh, that's <laughs> this is uh, Damien Leone, or is it Leone? It's Leone. Leone. Okay, sorry, I should have asked before I started recording. Huh? That's, 
my my sister used to tell her teachers uh, that it was pronounced Leone because she just thought it sounded better, but it's it's Leone. All right, so all right. right, great. I like it. Yeah, so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Welcome. Thank you, man. I'm, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, like you heard me saying in the intro, um, and I'm sure you've kind of felt the effects of it, that there's been a lot of buzz about this movie. Um, a lot of people talking about how, uh, you know, it just reminds them of a different time or it's it's like something that they feel like they've been missing in horror movies or, you know, a lot of different things have been thrown around. Like I said, people are saying that it's their favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, so how has all of that buzz been treating you? Have you, you know, been a little bit overwhelmed with everything or yeah it's definitely overwhelming man what i what i appreciate the most is uh on instagram is just seeing seeing all the fan art yes and i i try my best oh yeah man. oh it's it's so amazing because i'm an artist so i just love seeing all these different styles mm-hmm. and i i try and collect them at the end of each week and i've started just posting them uh yeah. every every sunday on my page because i'm so grateful um but it's it's there's so much. I mean, it's like I try my best to keep up with it, but now it's like really uh, there's a lot coming out, and it's just it's sure, pretty sure. surreal. It's surreal. The buzz is really friggin' amazing and uh, encouraging, and it's been a really long road. You know, I, I created this character back in 2006, I think, and to you know, I haven't given up on him this whole way. So for people to finally start to appreciate him and it's you know it's get it's gotten to this point is really satisfying right right yeah i i had actually listened to uh the one podcast that you did um i believe it's called brainwaves right the one for yes. um for the yes. uh the people that produce the movie right the yes distributors Steve barton of the dread central label that's his podcast yeah sure sure and uh, i know i had heard both you and uh, david who plays art were just talking about you know, every day you open up and there's like a bunch of friend requests or you're tagged in a bunch of stuff or just, I'm sure, you know, the, the, the fan hype is definitely real. So hopefully that will translate into, uh, you know, some, some good work hype for you in the future too. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll get to the future towards the end <laughs> of the show here. We won't jump too far ahead. Sure. Uh, and I didn't even know that Dread, uh, Dread Central actually did producing a film. So I actually learned something too, cause I know Dread Central's been around for a long time, and uh, to find out that they're involved in movies, I, I'll, again, yeah, we'll we'll get to it. So I'm kind of curious if uh, if uh, what kind of relationship you have with them. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want, yeah, just um, actually, so like Steve Barton, this is an interesting story. Sure. Um, I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit, but oh, it's okay. sure. Why, why not? Sure. So <laughs> we were we were trying to find distribution for this movie for a long time, and we were getting turned down mainly because of the the violence, the graphic violence in it. Like there were a lot of distributors who liked the movie and thought it could do well to a degree, but it was too violent. And they wanted they wanted to some some wanted to cut things, you know, right off the mm. bat. Others, others wanted the authority to to cut things if need be down the line, or if a certain platform wanted them to cut things or whatever. And I was just adamant about that can't be the case. Obviously, right. the the violence is is a star of this film. It's it's literally one of the stars of the movie. It's it's one of the things you're hundred percent. Yeah, you're gonna walk yeah. away talking about. So you know, I stuck to my guns because um, I you know I believe in the movie. I believe I believe I'm a diehard horror fan at heart, and I like to think I know what some fans are looking for. <laughs> 
in some cases right. long before, you know. Right. So I just I believe that if this movie is just shown the way it's supposed to be, it'll it'll find its audience. So we were we were like two weeks away from going self distribution, and. I was thinking now now it had to become a total grassroots kind of campaign where we're starting from the ground up now. And it's, uh, you know, so I'm like, well, we're going to need some buzz or we're going to have to hopefully try and create some buzz. So maybe I can get some credible sources to review the film and hopefully they like the movie and then we start getting some, you know, some nice quotes and everything here and there. Sure, sure. So, I had a connection with Steve. Uh, I didn't really know Steve, but somewhere between one of the movies I made, either uh, Frankenstein or All Hallows Eve, um, I knew him, and uh, I just had his email in my contacts. Right. So I reached. Out, I just reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, Steve, you know, I just made this movie with the clown from All Hallows Eve. I'm looking to get people to review it. Well, you know, would you just take a look and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, write something about it, whether you like it or not." Mm -hmm. or so he was, he was like, sure, send it over. And either the same day or the next day he called me back or he texted me and he's like, he's like, dude, does, uh, what's going on with this movie? He's like, does any, anybody pick it up yet? And I'm like, no, uh -huh. we're about to do self-distribution, you know? And he's like, all right. He's like, I don't do a thing. He's like, I want this movie. He's like, I just, I just hooked up with Epic Pictures, like under the Dread Central label, where we're trying to handpick and put out our own horror movies. He's like, and, and I really think this is the movie that horror fans have been dying for for so long. He's like, I want it. Don't do anything. He's like, we're going to make it work. Whatever you want. You know what I mean? Sure. And he just wow. totally, yeah. yeah, and he totally championed and just like, you know, restoked my fire because I was so discouraged at this point. And, um, you know, I was just like, Jesus, is there even an audience for this movie anymore? I mean, am I so like, you know, am I so living in the past and just like, I'm out of touch with what, you know, what people want now. But Steve, right. is, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's a fan just like us. And man, like, these are the movies we grew up loving and idolizing. So that, that's how I got involved with them. And that's how Epic picked up the film, you know, thankfully. Sure. Sure. That's you know, great. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll we'll. I'm sure that we, you know, that's kind of like a, a an excerpt for the future here. Um, but that's just it's just great to, that um, ready to give up and they're on the last string and that that almost like that last reach. Like, okay, what am I gonna? What do I got to lose? And then it happens to be your shot. So um, I yeah. like taking lessons like that from from interviews like this and reply it to life too. So sure, sure. Yeah, you yeah. talked about uh, uh, being kind of a lifetime horror fan. Um, had you started watching as a kid or how did you kind of get into it in, in the early days? As long as I can remember, I've been watching horror movies. It's really, uh, it's, it's, it's the truth, you know, uh, mm -hmm. it's a nice thing to make up, but it really is the truth. Like I, I would say from the age of you know, two going on three, I, I was watching, I was watching horror movies thanks to my mother. You know, she loved horror movies for whatever reason she did not, cared you know she didn't care whether or not i watched them i guess she had right. total total faith that they wouldn't uh they wouldn't rot my brain and turn me into a yeah. you know they turn me into a horror filmmaker that does terrible things you know in the fictitious <laughs> world but you know right right <laughs> oh, that's relatively, not so bad I, yeah yeah relatively nice guy in real life but um you know i mean i say this you know all, all the podcasts that i've done and oh, they ask me about this and i tell the same story that she she literally named me after the omen Right. So uh, <laughs> something, yeah, for real. Uh, so she would go into video stores 
when she was pregnant with me and she would ask them if they had the movie, if they had the box, because my name had to be spelled the exact same way. Um, it was spelled in the movie because sometimes it's spelled with an A, sometimes with an E, sometimes even with an right. O, you know, had to yeah. be spelled with, had to be spelled with an E. And, uh, yeah, my my uh, great grandmother thought uh, she was insane, and she would throw holy water, you know, and then all kinds. Of- <laughs> this is true stuff, true story. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I just, you know, so from there, you know, once you, you know, at a very young age, you know, I knew that I was named after that movie, so I knew about that movie, and she would let me watch. You know, I distinctly remember uh, her coming home. You know, when I was about three, I, I we taped. Um, Friday the 13th part three off of television. So I, I think I was about three years old and uh, desperately wanting a Jason mask. And I remember my aunt bringing me uh, coming home one day and bringing me a hockey mask. You know, it wasn't the Jason mask because you couldn't get that exact mask, but they, right. they did the best they could. And they got me a hockey mask, a Goldie mask. You That's know? Great. And that was the coolest thing ever. My, my, um, one of my best friends on my block, his mother tells this story whenever we, uh, you know, whenever I get to see them, that her first memory of me is running down the block in my underwear and a Jason mask for the first time. <laughs> they didn't know who, you know, no supervision or anything. It was just this this kid, this three year old kid running down Jason mask, Batman underwear, and she said, you know, who is this kid? You know, where is his mother? And you know, I don't want him any, anywhere near my son. <laughs> you know, sure. so. Yeah. By so, the way, yeah. his name is Damien. So. And his name is Damien, yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that was it, man. I mean, at a super young age watching horror movies, long story short. And uh, eventually, eventually I, I stumbled upon, if you guys remember, if you're horror fans, and you had the VHS of Friday the 13th Part 6, one of the uh, coming attractions before that movie started was Tom Savini's Scream Greats. Okay. So when I, I saw that when I saw that trailer, I thought I thought, oh my god! I mean, this is this is the guy who creates Jason sure. and who, mm-hmm. who creates the monsters, you know. And I was like, oh, this is and that's how you found out about new movies back in the day. You saw you saw you know trailers before other movies that you grew up watching. So then I would go yeah. back to the video store and I saw the cover to Screen Greats. So I rented Screen Greats, <clears throat> and then I became fascinated with makeup effects. And this is all at a very young age, but it wasn't it wasn't until I was about 12 that I decided to actually start experimenting with makeup and getting into makeup effects. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so um, cool. so my my mother took me to a horror convention, I think when I was around 12, um, and I, I bought my first makeup kit, like a starter makeup kit someone was selling. I bought a bottle of fake blood, mm-hmm. and this other, this other booth was selling real machetes that were... They were filed down, so they were dull. But they had, if you know Tom Savini, he's got like um, one of his classic things in Dawn of the Dead and uh, Friday the 13th Final Chapter is his, you know, classic machete with the semicircle cut out. Right, right. So yes. like, uh, you yes. place that against your body and it looks like it's embedded in your flesh, you know? So sure. to me, this was like this was like a gold mine. This was, this was heaven. So I bought all this stuff. I went home and I was uh, just experimenting on all my friends and putting latex and blood and, you know. <laughs> putting the machete and it was just cool seeing reactions that I was getting from parents. And, uh, one of the first things I learned how to do once I was messing with the latex and, and, um, I would put latex on my friend's cheeks and then I would fold, I would fold the skin onto itself. 
and like and it created this great uh you know gash or seam right in there right in their face it looked amazing and then i would put blood and we would go home to their parents in a panic we were all acting <laughs> we would ring the bell and have the parents come down and uh yeah i remember my friend rob his father came down and we were like oh he you know we were playing football and he slipped and he hit his face into the uh, holy shit the license plate of the car <laughs> This, you know, this really had an impact on me because I, I just remember the look of his father just looking at him and he and he got so mad. He goes, he's like, you motherfucker. He's like, I got to take you. <laughs> he goes, I got to take you to the emergency room right now. Like, he got so pissed. That's we great. Like, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's fake. It's fake. And it's just like seeing, you know, getting that reaction out of a grown-up when we were so young. And it's like, wow, I fooled a grown-up? I mean, this is like, this is yeah. so, you know, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And then. So I'll try and write, you know, long story short, you know, one of my other friends, his father had a camcorder. He would lend us the camcorder. We started filming the effects and then eventually we started making movies based around these effects. And that's how I got into the actual craft of filmmaking as a, you know, and more into the directing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, and did you oh, subscribe more... to like Gorezone magazine and Fangoria and all that stuff too? Oh, all, up? all the time. All the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the the camera was more about documenting the effects work that you did, and then you kind of built oh, into yeah. uh, actually putting a story around why the effects were where they were. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we and then we so we would film the effects, and then we would, and then we would just film as we went along. You know, we would make stories as we were as we were filming. Sure. Uh, sure. Scripts didn't come into it for a long for a <laughs> long. Time. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because that's how I. I learned this is like a very rare thing nowadays. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But I, I learned how to edit in camera uh, before right. I, you know, there was no editing software when I was that young, at least that I knew about or, or anything like that. So you would, so I learned how to edit by, you know, I would film something, then I would rewind the actual tape to where I wanted the cut to be and stop it. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, then I would pick it up where I wanted the next angle to be, right. you know, and I, and I, and I would get it down to a science because there was even a delay. Like once you press the record button as to when it actually started filming, right, right. you know, so I, I would have to like trick my actors into starting earlier than I knew it was going to, you know, pick up like crazy things that I, I really got down to a science to do like really clean cuts. Okay. It, sure. It was interesting. I had to unlearn how to make movies basically when I, when I learned the real way of, of right. just, you know, just filming the entire scene out in different angles, you know, it was actually tricky for me at yeah. first. Sure. sure. Yeah. Well, that's uh that's all part of the learning curve, right? You, yeah. you start out with like minimal equipment and doing everything the hard way. And it's all very, um, very guerrilla warfare at the beginning. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but no, that's awesome. Uh, what were some of your favorite movies growing up? Like, obviously like, you know the the tentpole movies, but do you have any like oddball picks or weird ones that, for some reason, oh. were your favorite? Maybe that people wouldn't normally be like, "That was one of my favorites," you know. Um, they're not all horror for sure. 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 Like, the first movies I remember watching um, was Commando. Yes, mm-hmm. that's well, one of my favorites. A, I, <laughs> oh, forget it. Together, uh, we can go. We can we can have a whole podcast just dedicated. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll, nice. have you, we'll have you back on to review Commando sometime. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Jaws, okay. Commando, uh, Red Sonia, okay. Beastmaster, yeah. Beastmaster, yes, thank yep. you, Beastmaster, <laughs> uh, Rambo, First Blood, Part Two, yes, yeah, um, yeah. I always yeah. I always liked Part Two better when I was a kid because I didn't get the whole PTSD thing. 
And yeah. now, now as an adult, I like First Blood better, but. I didn't see First Blood until I was much older. Like that was that to me was Rambo, and then you know, then I went back and watched First Blood, and I'm like, he doesn't even kill anybody in this movie. Yeah, like, like this movie sucks. He's the victim. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's such yeah. this. He was a Greek, you know, a modern Greek hero, like a Greek Achilles in Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and then you know, <laughs> but you know, as you as you get older, you 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 know, you realize how amazing First Blood is. Sure. But, yeah. But yeah. it's uh. You know, that is what it is. But um, I got to say, but in terms of horror, um, also real quick, just just shout outs. Robocop, uh, Masters of the Universe. Uh, those were ones that super young age. But um, one that really, really affected me was uh, I got to see the Lost Boys in the theaters when I was three years old. And I remember that like it was yesterday. So nice. that, was, that, that was a big deal. That's still one of my favorite movies of all time to this day. That's cool. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, Friday 13, part three, I had taped uh, part one and four at a super young age, Nightmare on Elm Street. And these are all movies that I had taped off of television. So like they, right. had, they had commercials, you know, you were missing the first 10 minutes of the beginning and then and, and shit like oh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all the movies I grew up watching. Super, super young age. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of my uh, my background too. Was I liked a lot of the action stuff, and then the stuff that bordered on horror, and you know, then eventually got into the the more horrific type uh, movies later. Sure, sure. But uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. So you uh, just kind of started out as far as uh, you know, doing special effects and stuff was really your first thing, and then you've kind of built your skills up around the desire to keep doing that. Really, so um, it's almost like a you became sort of the Swiss army knife for, <laughs> for making these movies because um, I've heard other people talk about this too, where it's like, you just, you can't afford to pay somebody to do all these different jobs. So you got to do them yourself too, you know? hundred percent. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Uh, so how did you get started in actually making stuff? Did you like, uh, you know, do assistant work for people or did you start um, school or yeah, did you go to like an effect school or anything or, no, I never went to school. It was all just um, experimenting once I got that makeup kit and uh, reading Tom Savini books. Um, there was this great – it was a three VHS series of uh, Rob Berman. He, he taught you how to make molds and how to make prosthetics, and that that was – that okay. really it – it's really hard to follow a, a book when you're, when you're reading it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to articulate and explain in a book, but then when you see someone doing it, yeah. uh, you know, right before your eyes, you're like, "Oh, okay, All right, so that makes yeah, sense." Yeah. So that, that was super helpful, and 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 then the you know, that was like a snowball. Once I saw that, then I really got the got you know got a hand on it. But um, so but what really what happened was I, I never went to film school, but I did once I got out of high school. I took a um I took one class. In the at the new school university because you know I figured oh you know what am I going to do now I got I guess I got to go to film school when I got out of when I got out of high school, you know <laughs> so I, I I took this uh, the I couldn't afford to do the whole school but I could I could afford to like take a class so I took an aesthetics of directing class just for just for beginnings just for beginners if you want to get into directing um, you know honestly it, it didn't do anything for me because they're showing me movies about you know godar and the foreign filmmakers and like filmmakers that you know i appreciate a lot of stuff now but at the time like that was not why i wanted to make movies i couldn't relate mm. to any of that stuff it's like well this isn't really why i'm here you know um but anyway the teacher one of the one of our um 
tests or whatever uh, assignments, we, we had to go home and make a, um, I think we had to make a three minute short film um, that had no dialogue. It just had to be based on action. And that was, that was basically, that was basically all the, all the, uh, the direction that we got. So I, I made this short film of two guys in the cemetery behind my house, just having a knife fight. One, one's chasing, <laughs> one's chasing the other. And, uh, and that's it. They meet up and they just start slicing each other up and, and shooting each other. And, you know, every time someone was slashed, it was like, it was like kill Bill. So you had blood, I had blood. <laughs> Blood spraying out of your face because we had the snow, so we had all the blood going into the snow, and oh, I made nice. it as bloody and as intense as possible. And it, it had an, uh, it, it left an impression on my uh, teacher at the time, obviously, because when mm. I I finished that class, you know, I felt like, oh well, there's, you know, I'm not really not learning anything in film school, so I didn't take any other classes. But then I, I think like maybe a few months or maybe a year later, he contacted me and he was like, you know, I'm making my first uh, movie. And uh, and I need uh, I need blood. I remember your short film. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so yeah. So I that was my first independent film that I worked on as a makeup artist was was this movie called Love, um, and that was two thousand and five. Okay. So so that's what happens. I mean, from you know word of mouth, and you, I guess you you do a decent job, and you're not a total sure. you're not a total prick or anything on set, and then they'll recommend you. And yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, so awesome. definitely got effects work after that mm -hmm. but none of, none of it really helped me in terms of directing you know i still had to do all that stuff on my own right. and you know raise money and or with my short films you know my family was gracious enough to give me money to make them and stuff sure, uh, sure. but yeah so i seen your first um the first short that you actually created the ninth circle uh, i didn't actually see i didn't get to see everything that uh that you had put out, but I did watch a bunch of your stuff. We'll get through everything here a little bit, but uh, I was just curious how you got to where you actually made your first short then. Did you kind of just experiment with doing some directing and script writing and stuff or whatever and just wanted to give it a shot? And so you, you threw this together? Yeah, I, I, I mean, um, I've been making all these short homemade movies with mm -hmm. my friends since, since I mean, I... I lose track. I can't do the math, but you know, since I was 12, I don't remember how old I was, you know? So let's say making home movies with all my friends. And like I said, in camera editing and learning, you know, watching films and you know, what I would do too was, you know, I would watch all these movies, every kind of movie, not just horror movies. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, just a movie lover in general. Right. So, sure. and I, you know, I would pick up a cool camera trick that I saw or, or a jump cut or something cool that, you know, that I thought that stood out. And then I would say, well, you know, can I do that with my camcorder? Can I figure that out? Like, I remember like cool watching cool jump cuts that David Lynch did in, um, in wild at heart and then doing that with my camcorder and stuff. So you, that's how I, that was my film school just watching movies and then seeing if I can pull that off with my camcorder. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, so eventually you get to a point where you're getting older and it's like, well, now I got to make, you know, I can't present this little JVC short film I made with my neighborhood friends, you know, who aren't actors. It's like, you know, you got to do something, you know, semi-legit at some sure, point. Sure, Take you seriously. So, so yeah. So I was like, you know, let me, um, let me make a horror short. And uh, a friend of mine uh, convinced me to do it in 35 millimeter because he just he made movies in 35. It was absurd, you know, to jump from a JVC camcorder to 35 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. You know, is this <laughs> insane, absolute insanity, especially since I'd never worked with a cameraman before. I was the cameraman. I did everything. Um, 
But you know, I figured, okay, so if we're gonna make this legit short film for the first time, it's gotta, it's gotta stand out. It's gotta be like that. It's gotta be like that. Um, that assignment I did in film school where no one else stands out, but that one stood out because I'm spraying blood everywhere, and it just, it's right. just it leaves an impression. It's not just this artsy, just thing that you've seen a thousand times. So, if you watch the Ninth Circle, it's really, uh, you know, I call it like a kitchen sink short film where I just try to throw everything. I possibly could into that short film and just hoping that something, you know, stuck to the wall. Sure, so there's, sure. there's demons, there's monsters, there's witches, there's a clown, you know, I put every possible heart, <laughs> creepy thing, there's bugs, there's needles. Yeah. So I threw it all in there and, you know, I would show people the short film and everybody thought it was cool to a degree, but then everybody talked about the clown. That was, that was the one thing. You know, if you watch that short film, Art the Clown is just this, uh, he's just this supporting character. And he, 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 brings the, he brings the girl, the victim, from point A to B. He just abducts her and drops her off at this satanic cult, and, and that's it, and he's gone. But for whatever reason, he had, this, uh, he had this effect on people, and they were all like, you know, the short's cool, but that clown is fantastic. Okay. I wish right, you right. didn't work with him, or I wish you could do something else with him. Mm-hmm. So you hear that enough, and if you're smart, you listen to people when sure. you hear it. You know, you get the consensus. So, so that's what I did. So that's how I listened, and I'm like, all right, fine, man. I'll make something. Uh, I'll make a short that's just dedicated to this clown character. And then eventually, I made my second short film, which was Terrifier the Short. Sure, sure. Now, um, I actually had just watched that a little while ago before uh, before we got on the phone here, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of that is actually um, I don't I don't know whether you call it borrowed or, or repurposed for an All Hallows Eve. Um, yeah. How did you end up with uh, with All Hallows Eve, and then uh, with the Terrifier short being in there, and like, did you have some other stuff that you threw in there? Was was that kind of all an, an original thing? How did you end up kind of compiling all the stuff to uh, create All Hallows Eve? Right. So that that was not my original idea, and that was that was the opportunity that was presented to me at the time. So I had okay. I had uploaded the Ninth Circle to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then I made uh, then I made Terrify the short film and I put sure. that on YouTube, and but I mean that was like 2011. Like YouTube then, believe it or not, wasn't what it is now. So no, yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> it really wasn't. So that eventually got it was like it had a little over a hundred thousand hits, and that's a 20 minute short film that had nothing behind it other than word of mouth, other than people seeing it and saying, "Oh, this is cool," and then just passing it on to somebody else. Right. You know, so that's very rare for a 20-minute unknown short film to get that many hits back in 2011 or whatever. So uh, the producer of All Hallows Eve had stumbled upon it because he was going through YouTube looking for Halloween-based horror shorts because he wanted to make this anthology film. And, you know, if he could get short films that were already made and they were uh, had some quality behind them, you know, that would, right. save a, that would save a lot of money, you know? Yeah. Um, so he contacted me and he was like, oh, you know, I love this short. And he told me what he was planning and, um, he loved the clown, loved Arthur the clown said, look, this will be the face of the movie. He said, but you know, so yeah, please, could I use this short film? And what I'm trying to do is find like two or three other filmmakers and we'll put their Halloween based shorts. And then I was like, no, no, no. I was like, listen, I got another short film that I made with the clown, you know, and that's like 12 minutes long. And like I said, Night Circle is about 20 minutes long, you know, so we got about 35 minutes there somewhat. And, you know, give me, can you give me maybe a couple of extra bucks and we'll go and we'll shoot another story, maybe a wraparound. And then, you know, we'll have, we'll have a movie and that'll be, you know, you don't have to look for any other filmmakers. It'll be all me. Sure. Great. 
And uh, he, you know, he was gracious enough to actually let me do that, which was, which was amazing at the time. But, um, you know, there, there were constraints that I had to, I had to follow, you know, he wanted, you know, the big thing at that point was the movie, I think VHS, the VHS movies, because that was, that was the popular anthology at the time. So, you know, we were essentially biting off of VHS. So that's where the whole tape aspect Mm -hmm. came. I remember arguing with him and being like, oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, like, that is, that's the ring. People are going to rip us apart for, for fighting <laughs> off of the ring. He's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we'll see. Go read the comments of the, <laughs> 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 right. you know, but, uh, but whatever. So I had to do that. And, uh, but it was my idea for the kid to find the VHS tape in his, in his Halloween sack. And, you know, mm-hmm. some people, they, they still seem to like it and some people really love him coming out of the TV and stuff so so whatever but anyway I mean that wasn't my that wasn't my in, intentions when I made Terrify the short film I wanted I was hoping somebody would find you know stumble upon the short and be like oh this is great we want to see a full length version and just throw me a bunch of money right that's that yeah, right. yeah that shit doesn't happen that's super <laughs> It's, it's it's amazing that this producer Jesse Baget was the producer of All Hallows Eve. It's it's amazing that he even stumbled upon it and you know wanted to do All Hallows Eve. So sure. So I'm I'm grateful for that, and I you know I had to do it. It wasn't what I wanted to do, but it got it got Art the Clown uh, in front of a lot more eyes. So I'm happy about that. You know. Yeah, and it's not like th- that movie isn't wholly um, disliked. I, there's definitely uh, some some following for that. Like I oh, is yeah sure. Yeah. I um I, I was kind of telling and, you that I watched it the one a, time. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna, I was telling I was when I was talking to uh, Damien, I was telling you that I had watched it the first time, looking for stuff to recommend for Halloween movies. Yes. And uh, it was for like a mainstream crowd, and I'm like, no, they're not gonna like this at all. <laughs> um, I need I need something a little bit more fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, when I just rewatched it again, and. It, Actually, you know, it all kind of made a lot more sense. It was a little more competent to me that time. I, I gave it a, a fair shot, and I really liked it the second time watching it. So, but yeah, there's some good stuff well, in there sure. for sure. Yeah, especially after watching Terrorizer, um, things start to you start to plug in things, and I know that um, it's you know ter- the Terrorizer full length is a spin off of it. But of course, you know, people who have seen All Hallows Eve are going to recognize like, well, here is here is. Art the Clown here in All Hallows Eve, and here is in the full, you know, feature film, and then you, people like me, kind of go, okay, is this prequel? Is a sequel? What is what's what's the tie in here? And I and I do think in my head as a viewer, like I said, there is definitely a tie in um, of the movies, and I could put two and two together. Like like for example, you know, All Hallows, Hall, Hallows Eve is the manifestation of Art the Clown, and then you have his like he's unleashed on the world, and then you have Terrifier, ter- Terrifier, sorry. Ter- um, you know what I mean? It's like, and then now he's got his his own movie. So that's how I put it together as watching your films. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a lot of nods uh, from the Terrifier short film in All Hallows Eve and the new Terrifier. Like there's there's a lot of things that we we brought back. Like um, right. when he throws the plastic bag over the girl's head. Like we did that. We did the uh, him smearing the shit on yeah, the, the wall. Bath, the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this time we got to actually show the shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, he, and he spelled his name on it out out of it too. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that that's like him spelling his name is you know, there, there's no way for anyone to know 
you know, you watch the other movies and they and they and right, characters, right. characters say, you know, Freddie, Jason, they, they know about the character and this. He doesn't speak. You're not going to hear about his name. So how are you going to know? So his, right. one, of his, one of his trademarks is uh, he writes his name. He kind of tags it. That, that kind of plays into the whole art. You know, he likes to, <laughs> you know, he gets some creativity out of what he does to people and whatnot. So he and then he winds up signing his name like an artist, you know, whether it's in his shit or in blood. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, this is kind of gross, but the, my first job, I worked at a bowling alley, and uh, watching your movie brought back so much because actually that was a real life experience for me to walk into a bathroom, and oh. I had to clean that. I had to clean that. Jeez. So, and I related to the short where the guy's like, I ain't fucking cleaning that. Do this. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna sign out, follow a report, and leave because that's exactly what I wanted to do. So, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm glad I'm not the only one who kind of went through that <laughs> so, wow. i'm sorry to hear that that's yeah it's it's okay i'm 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 okay <laughs> you're over it <laughs> that's like real life horror you know, uh, yeah it, it was it was not something that i wanted ever to think about again but uh, thank you Damien. <laughs> so I, th I think the other thing with all hallows eve is it really gave you a chance to kind of showcase your your special effects and your desire to go the extra mile with it and really show a lot of stuff and make it uh, very visceral for people to watch these movies. Uh, well, specifically that movie at the time. Um, so then from that, uh, you ended up making uh, the Frankenstein versus the Mummy movie. Uh, now, mm -hmm. I didn't actually get to watch this one, uh, but I had actually, I had heard a review of it, and I was just curious kind of what your what your take on the movie was yourself. Like, how did you end up uh, switching over to make that? So the... Um... So the producer of All Hallows Eve was looking to make uh, this movie now, which was Frankenstein vs. the Mummy. Okay. And I think, if I remember correctly, I think he reached out and just was asking me to do the special effects. And, um, and then I was like, well, can I, can I make it? I'm sorry, can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, good, man. I got a poor network connection notice. Okay. Uh, okay. So... Um, so yeah, I, he wanted uh, he just wanted me to make uh, do the special effects, and then I was asking, well, do you have anybody directing it? Can I, uh, you know, would you let me write it and direct it? And originally, he wanted it to be a found footage movie. Okay. Um, okay. Because again, those are super cheap to make. Uh, you know, it's just it. You know, you don't need any um, any lighting equipment barely or anything like that. You just have people walking around holding a camera. I, I don't even know how you can make a Frankenstein versus the Mummy handheld movie like the Blair Witch Project. I mean, that, <laughs> right. to, me, to me, that was insane. Um, so, but I was like, you know, can I, you know, if we could do it for a super low budget, you know, would you let me write a classic narrative, you know, horror movie of Frankenstein versus mm -hmm. the Mummy? And he said, sure, give it, give it a crack. So I, I wrote the script in probably like a couple of weeks. And uh, he said, man, you know, if you can do it for X amount of dollars, you know, let's let's do it. Uh, super ambitious. Needless to say, it, it, it did not work. It's not um, people do not like it whatsoever. I, I, the biggest uh, the biggest problem, the biggest problem with that was just not having the budget, especially at the end when the two monsters meet up is to, to do a very satisfying uh, battle, right. which we, 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 just, we, just, we just couldn't pull it off. But. You know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of a lot of the performances in it. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff making it. Um, it. It's interesting because that was the first time it was a super heavy story and uh, like dialogue-driven film. Like, there's it's so much, way too much dialogue. Sure, sure. It. 
And it's, it's almost the complete opposite of Terrifier. Like, it's too heavy on story, whereas Terrifier has no story. So that, that, <laughs> that was almost like a direct response to, to Frankenstein, where I, I didn't sure. want to anything like that. So um, it definitely yeah. helped me. Yeah. Uh, no, that was the, uh, the review, basically, that I heard was that it wasn't that bad. It was just that it was kind of long, and then the, the battle at the end, there, there wasn't enough Frankenstein or Mummy for a movie called Frankenstein versus the mummy, which makes sense. If you don't yeah. have the money to make Frankenstein and the mummy for a lot of screen time, then you do what you I will, can. I will say see. though. Yeah, I will say I, I disagree with that. Cause if you watch the movie, they're, they're in the movie a ton. Like they're, they're in the movie more than oh, okay. Frank, Frankenstein and the mummy is ever in another movie. Okay. Like we cut back see, for real. We cut back and forth to both of them so much, especially the Frankenstein character. But what, it, it's definitely a disappointment when it comes to the fight because it's a okay. long movie, it's like an hour and 45, an hour and 50 minutes. And, you know, the fight scene, when once they finally meet up, is only five minutes long or something like that. So, sure, sure. you know, people see, you know, it's like seeing Batman versus Superman and the whole movie. It's like they just, you know, they just fight or they're just in it for together for like five minutes. And you're like, well, well this is just ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes and, sense. And was that. Was that movie like? Did you base the character because you you wrote it from scratch, right? Like, or did they say, "Hey, you know what? Use Victor Frankenstein. Use the actual characters of the of the classics and the and the stories." Or was that something like maybe your homage to the classic genre putting into the modern day? Maybe I I, I was given free reign. They, they okay. were no notes whatsoever. So I'm not a fan of the Mummy, per, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I do love Frankenstein. Sure. So, I read uh, I read the novel for the first mm-hmm. time, and it was really just my take on a modern Frankenstein, and then I just had to – so that's basically what it is. It's like a modern yeah. Frankenstein, and then I just had to fit the mummy in somehow. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I, I had it all take place at this college campus where one of the you – know, the, the Frankenstein is a – he's a college professor – and he works like underneath, you know, in the bowels of the uh, the university, doing all this crazy shit. And then in some other, you know, other department, they're you know studying this this mummy, and the two worlds collide. Yeah, you know, gotcha. the budget is non-existent, so I, I had to work with what I what I had and locations that sure, I could sure. find. You know, you know we're, we're not getting uh, we're not getting a, a gothic castle or anything like that. Or we're not, <laughs> right, we're yeah, going to yeah. Egypt getting props, so. It, <laughs> Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, like you're, you know, then your movie is just thrust into the into the world, and they're gonna judge you no matter what. As you sure, know, sure. It, right alongside a big budget Hollywood or a Universal classic, so you really have to be careful. They don't give a shit. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like just how dare you? Are you even gonna try well, this time versus? I, <laughs> I I know, and that was like my next comment because it's like we're you know, of course, it's like you know, but. You get in this opportunity to make the film. You're gonna do it the way you want, and uh, but it is. It, I, I bet it should be nerve wracking to even have you know intellectual properties like that. It's like, hey, make it a Frankenstein. You're like, oh, but you know what? It's such a dear character to so many people that yeah. you know. But in the same time, you're like, fuck it. I'm just gonna make a movie, dude. And and you know, you either kind of buy into it at that time, and you know, hopefully it's a good story or whatever. And um, but you know, I. I think the mindset going into it is like, look, just sit back and have fun. It's just a different take on it, but it, it that's got to be nerve wracking. Yeah, it's more like you just what do you what do you have to lose at that point? It's like you have to go, sure. have to go all in. You have to just throw the chips in and just be like, hey man, yeah. just, 
I'm just going to make the movie that I can make or, or want to make. And it, it's got to be different. I mean, what, what, like what I did with the Frankenstein character that I'm still proud of, I mean, it could have been executed better, but I tried to make, I tried to make my version of the Bernie Wrightson graphic novel for uh, Frankenstein. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a, it's a really cool, and people just did not get it at all because yeah. <laughs> It's a, like the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein is this big, you know, jacked, shredded, muscular, you know, uh, like almost like a bodybuilder, tremendous. And he's got long black hair and his face yes. and his face is like a skeleton. Yes. To, me, to me, I just love that. Uh, I thought it looks amazing, you know. But when you translate that to a film, you know, to the degree we, we did it, you know, to some people, it's like, that's Frankenstein. That's ridiculous. You know, so. <laughs> So, you know, but to me, you know, I, I thought it was cool. And I love the performance of the actor, Constantine Tribes, who did. I, he, you know, I told him I told, you know, we had his physique and I said, play it like uh, play it like Reagan from The Exorcist. And then that's going to be mm. crazy. You know, yeah, and he sure. did that. Yeah. I'm totally, totally happy with with his performance in that movie. I thought he was cool. I thought he was a cool Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely have to check that one out. No, I I hadn't heard that it was terrible or anything, and you know we're we're not like a super judgmental podcast. Like we don't we don't think very highly of ourselves, so we're not very critical of other people's movies. So, no, uh, so you're we, all good. We there. go into it like well, uh, yeah, like I mean personally, I go into it as entertained. Was I entertained walking through? I I don't know enough about movies to nitpick it apart to like oh that was bad writing or this was you know what I mean? I don't know enough to do that, and I don't think it's fair to do that myself anyway. My thing sure. is, was that cool? Was I entertained? Because trust me, I my my level of movies, you know, I go from like you know my you know my favorite movies are these movies that nobody likes, and that's like, but it was so fun. It was like, yeah, but the acting, who cares, man? It was fun. Sure, like right. the, like the one thing because I did a little bit of research again. I didn't get a chance to watch Frankenstein versus the Mummy, and you know, I promise you, I will. Um, but the I just saw because of the aspect your special effects guys, you're a guy and. Uh, it showed again, and that's one thing I'm like, man, I just want to, like, visually, I can just see this, you know, being fun because it's visually looking or uh, striking at the same time. You know what I mean? That, uh, like you said, that you try to put more emphasis into a different kind of Frankenstein, and that's where I'm going to go in there going, man, I'm going to be looking at, you know, your 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 creations here. Yeah, thank you. I mean, there's definitely some cool effects in it. We really went all out. Uh, it's very bloody. Nice. I would, it's, yeah. It's probably, I would dare to say it's the bloodiest Frankenstein movie ever made, but that no one knows about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the scene where he punches into a guy's uh, chest cavity and rips his insides out and then rips his jaw off. Like I've never seen Frankenstein do that to somebody before. So no, no. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, I tried, but it already sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, what? you know, come on. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we love. Yeah. I think I tried to get, too intellectual with it though it's very it's very talky I, I tried to get too philosophical with the science talk and the the, the meaning of life and death and whatnot and you know right. it's a movie sure. called frankenstein versus the mummy yeah people I, I, I hear you see a mindless movie that was an hour and 20 minutes where fucking frankenstein and the mummy go at it for a good 15 minutes sure and it, that, that is 100 percent my fault 100 percent my fault so <laughs> Well, maybe yeah. uh, you know from <laughs> from the success of Terrifier, you'll get a better budget and you can do the sequel. Yeah, and, I would have uh, to try. We'll, we'll have a uh, <laughs> we'll have one of those things where the first movie wasn't as good, and then when you come back with Frankenstein versus the Mummy two, then it's like a bigger budget and they really go all out that time. 
It could be like my uh, my desperado to El Mariachi, even though El yeah. Mariachi is fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
before we actually get into Terrifier, I had put in our Facebook group just um, I gave people an hour to put questions so that we didn't get inundated with too many questions. I only oh, gave cool. them one hour to ask. So, <laughs> uh, so if you don't mind, I just have a, a couple here from some of oh. our friends. Uh, one is from our good friend Boz, who was a guest on the show recently and is always interacting with us. Um, he had he actually told me that he's uh, from the UK and that he saw Terrifier at Fright Fest when it was there. And uh, I don't know if that was last year. And he said that it was actually his favorite movie of the year last year. Oh wow! Um, so he said uh, the only issue that he had with the movie was the use of a hacksaw in quotes that scene what caused that choice over something more like a long wooden saw that would you know get the job done a little quicker um i mean he does it pretty damn fast that's true that's true (laughs) i've heard people complain that it's unrealistic because he does it so fast yeah and and really that would take forever i mean listen i I can't i can't stop the movie for uh for an hour just to have him hacksaw the woman i think (laughs) just show it in real time i know Show it in real time. <laughs> but one can argue that uh, Art doesn't want to do it fast either. Because in that movie, you showed a lot of more of a psychological terror that he was doing, you know, with, the, with when he would, like, thrust the hammer in the girl's face and stop and then smile and get her reaction. So when he was hacksawing Don, and everybody says the scene, right? Because that is the talk of the yeah. town, that scene. So... Uh, first yeah. off, you know, congratulations on that. So, and uh, but then I'd be like, okay, Art probably want doesn't want to do it fast. He probably wants to pick the slowest object that's going to get the job done sure, at, sure. at the at the most torture, the most pain, the more the most you know, uh, uh, terrifying. Because it wasn't meant necessarily doing it to torture Don at the time. It was torture the other one, you know, exactly. to, to cut her in half like that. So exactly, <laughs> that, that's his whole, that, that's his whole thing. Is that yeah. psychological? agony um yes i he i mean as far as i am maybe i'm wrong but uh i mean he doesn't kill anybody quickly in that entire movie i, I don't i don't know he, he drags everything out there's never i mean that was one of my things going into it is your classic slashers you know jason michael myers i mean a lot of those kills is just you know the knife comes up and the knife goes down and the kills over sure i, I, right. I, specific, I specifically wanted these kills to be long and slow and uh torturous and uh yeah, the audience yeah. uh-huh. the audience have to just endure and you know they, they close their eyes and, and open there is them. a lot of that <laughs> it's still going I, I heard a lot of remarks about like you know when they get to that scene people like they they close yeah they just close their eyes and they uh you know um they have to their their partner or whoever has to describe what happened after because they wouldn't watch it you know so <laughs> You know, I wanted to try and see if I could make personally just like an American uh, Giallo movie because you watch like, especially the beginning of Suspiria, that first kill in Suspiria, yes. where the woman is just stabbed repeatedly. It just goes on and on and on, and her heart is being stabbed, and there's just ridiculously, ridiculously <laughs> savage things, and then she's still alive, and then he, he hangs her, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's endless, and like you don't, you didn't, you never saw that in uh, in American slasher movies. It was just, it was a one one shot deal. The person right. was, you know, the person was beheaded, the person was stabbed, the person was electrocuted, whatever, and it, and it was over. You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is it? I mean, I'm sure. You know, you could definitely kill people with one shot, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it could also take a long time to kill somebody if you're stabbing them to death. Oh, yeah. Whenever you hear yeah. someone, 
you know, whenever you hear uh, about someone being murdered, it's like they were stabbed 87 times, you know, yeah, some yeah. horror right. yeah. like that. So, you know, that, that, that's, that's Art the Clown. I mean, the whole, the whole fun is it's not the person being dead. It's the thrill of actually killing the person and seeing, seeing the life leave their eyes. I think that's how he gets his enjoyment. He doesn't want it to end. So whether it's, whether it's the psychological agony or actually the physical agony of him killing them, he wants it to go on. Especially, you know, when he's shooting, when he's shooting Jenna, uh, Tara, the character Tara, he could have just shot her in, in the head and, and ended it, but he shoots her, you know, 15 times because he doesn't want it right. to end that quickly. Yeah. So right. that's definitely a signature of, of you know, of art is that he, he prolongs But it. also, also, I love the choice of weapons that you gave art too because it's not just about, like, the knives and stuff. Because, again, he used the gun as the, as the <laughs> you know, as a torturous tool. Like, he shot her and then shot her in the face but didn't kill her, right? You know? Um, yeah. I, I kind of like, I don't know, it was, a li- okay, this might sound a little sick, but it was a little bit refreshing to see a serial killer clown using a gun again, um, you know what I mean, I, or not again, but just like not a lot of people put those in the movies, they just want to use knives and swords and like, you know, devices, but a gun can, you know, it, it's just, it's not as quick as people think it could be. Yeah, um, where this, uh, how you used it, and so this actually before you answer it was one of the questions yeah. somebody had asked was to ask you about the idea to throw in a gun in a slasher film because he said that it was a mm-hmm. brilliant change of pace. That was from uh, Philip Perron. Oh, cool. Oh. See, yeah, like um, what is it the um, uh, the, the serial killer was it was it Son of Sam that would shoot yes. people? Okay. Yes. That Absolutely. and you don't see, hear about that kind of like stuff because I'm from LA and we had the Night Stalker, right? He would just kill people, you know, slash and strangle them, all that stuff. And that was like the most terrifying thing. But I watched that movie and he would walk up to somebody and shoot them, you know. And I thought, how at the time, I thought, wow, how unclimatic that is. You know, again, it's kind of a, a, a weird, deranged thing to, to look at, you know, someone being killed. But it it's just kind of like a refreshing tool, uh, instrument of death when you see a serial killer or a monster or a slasher using a firearm versus a machete all the time. Right. Well, I, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, in this, uh, in this day and age, I mean, we're in 2018. Now there's been thousands of slasher movies, uh, you know, hundreds of clowns. And it's like, what, what, what can you do? That's completely original at this point. It's like, there's really nothing left. So I was thinking it was this combination of things. It's like, well, what can I? What, what kind of weapon could I give him that's different that you don't see your 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 classic slashers using? You could never imagine Freddy, Jason, or Michael Myers pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. It would just never right. ever work in a million years, you know. Right. So, but you know, then I'm think, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, but guns are so horrifying. I mean, we're more horrified yes. of guns than we are of any, anything else. Sure. Uh, like you know, it it can work in the hands of a slasher if it's mm-hmm. if it's done if it's done right, you know, mm-hmm. especially. And, and it's you know it's as relevant now as ever with that. As, oh, as, oh god, you know, yeah. You know, right. guns in our in our country now is just it's unbelievable. So, so even back then, you know, because the, he used the gun in the short film, and that's why I put it in the short film. Because even back then, it was just it was mass shootings. It was always a gun taking people out. Right, right. right. I'm like, you know, listen, a guns a guns creepy. I mean, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you put a oh, gun yeah. in this guy. Of course they are. It's gonna be scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So I and and. and <clears throat> Yeah, and he has his little arsenal uh, bag of weapons, and, and it's not like he's going to pull the gun out every time. He's not going to pull out the hacksaw every time, and it's just something different, you know, that he's going to do. He, he even strangles somebody, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
This is this, well, this is all in one package slasher. Yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to hold off. Like he doesn't use the gun unless he's completely his back's to it to the wall, unless he absolutely has to. Like I I don't think that is his right. weapon of choice. You know, Correct. he uses that as his contingency plan if he's if he's fucked. Yeah, and right. yeah. and you know. People, people say this a lot, and you know, of course, you have to work within the parameters of a slasher movie. Of course, there's plenty of there's plenty of opportunities for the hero to stand there and keep beating the villain to death, you know. The, but they run away. But if you really think about it, chances are the person if if you, you know, if you slam, you know, like the you know uh, the Victoria char- character slams the railroad spike into Art's foot, and then she runs away. I mean, that's what that's what you're gonna do. It's like you've stalled him for a second, just enough mm-hmm. time for you. To right. What you don't want to take your chances pulling that out, and then you stab him in the chest, and then what? He's still alive, and he grabs you, and that now you're in trouble. Now, now you're yeah. fucked. You want to just get out of there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot, of people, but a lot of people complain that you know she didn't beat him to death with the uh, with the two by four in that scene. Well, she, but she did. I mean, like she had him down. He was he was done. Like she right. really had she had the best of him. She was doing to him what he's been doing is she wanted to prolong it. She knew she had him. She wanted him to get back up so she can knock him back down. You know, right. she's going to she's going to go in for the kill when she walks up to him. She's going to crack crack his skull, you know, with that two by four. You know, he's just waiting for the moment. He knows he's not out. Like, yeah, physically she's got him, but he knows he's got the gun. And he's like, you know, yeah. well, fuck, I got to use it now, but she's done. <laughs> Yeah, I got well, it's the fi- yeah, it's the fight or flight uh, instinct that we all have too. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. So, but you know, the gun. You know, I think most people appreciate the gun, and it does work for art. I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, some people, some yeah. people still are very old school, and they think it doesn't work. Like, no slasher should use a gun, but I, I think it works for him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and he's even, you know, like you said, he's he's even extra with it where it's not just like he shoots her once he he, he tries and runs out of bullets or whatever and he, after he shot her a few times like he shot her in the side he shot her in the leg or whatever right and then he ran out of bullets and he was pissed and he had to go get more bullets and then he comes well, back like, and he yeah. just yeah, shoots her like 15 exactly. times <laughs> yeah exactly but i like what you said like the son of sam like him using a gun if you notice there are all little um there's all little pieces of real serial killers in art the clown like wh- yes. whether you realize it or not, like name a serial killer, and there's a piece of him in Art the Clown. Like there's, he eats people. There's Ed Gein. There's uh, obviously there's Gacy. There's uh, Son of Sam. There's uh, you, you know, you name it. I mean, it's sure. in there. He is. He's like he's a living embodiment of all real horrors. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I, I like the uh, the assortment of weapons too. Like some of them are just meant to take their time and be torturous and and cruel like the uh the the demented cat of nine tails weapon that he had there yes and then <laughs> the uh the way that the you know you start the movie with showing him kind of construct that and you're like what the hell is he making here you know you're trying to figure it out and then you kind of see it and you're like oh okay yeah and now yeah. i see i mean that's definitely uh that's definitely the beginning is uh a tribute to nightmare on elm street for sure freddie freddie sure, creating yeah, yeah. freddie creating his glove which is the greatest thing yeah, you know, one of the greatest scenes in any horror movie. The opening of Nightmare on Elm Street is just the most badass thing right. imaginable. It is. Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Um, what uh, one one other question here was uh, from Aaron Sturdivant. Uh, this was an awesome movie. Will there be more movies? I'm assuming he means a sequel. More art. Oh, 
Yeah, 100%. We're, we're planning it. I have, I have the whole story worked out. Um, we're going to go into his origin. Uh, some people, again, that's, like, it's, that's kind of split right down the middle. Some people love the fact that he has no backstory and they think it's creepier. They like the, they, they like the mystique and the ambiguity. And, but, but there's a lot of people who are very frustrated and they think it's a cop-out. And they're like, well, at some point. But I, I agree with those people. At, at some point, uh, I think if you keep going, you need to know what the deal is with this character. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have it. I, I know, you know, I don't want to say who or what or whatever he is, but I, I know exactly what his origin is. And, you know, that will be the, the opening, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the next movie. You'll, you'll find out what he is. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to upset people. Honestly, I, I think, I think people will take it in stride and be like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. You know, I, I would Nice. I would expect nothing less, <laughs> you know. Oh man, nice. we'll see. You got me interested, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. A couple other comments were just compliments. Um, our friend Christian Luciani had complimented about the. It's a, a little bit spoilery, but I assume most people that are listening probably heard the yeah. movie or have yeah. seen the movie. Uh, they said that uh, this flick has the most disturbing slash scariest slash funniest scene of the year so far. Art wearing one female skin as a suit whilst miming and stalking another yeah. girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Thank you, Christian. Yeah. Uh, and another friend, Kellen Pembleton, said that he loved it as well. That's cool. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, art, art, like just to comment on art wearing the skin that that was by far the riskiest thing that we did in this entire movie sure. because because again you know i don't i don't like listen i mean i'm the biggest fan imaginable like you can't get a bigger fan than me you know it's just equals at this point of like freddie jason michael myers like they're my childhood they're everything to me they're my heroes you know mm-hmm. so when i like Compared to those movies, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm just saying, like, you can't imagine, you know, taking Michael Myers out of his jumpsuit and him doing that. You can't right. imagine Jason doing that. It just doesn't work. Sure. So, you know, again, it's like the same thing with the gun. It's like I'm trying to figure out, well, could, could it could it work for him? You know, and right. originally, like that whole scene started because um, I think when I was maybe when I was writing the script to this or something, uh, my my ex-girlfriend at the time was just saying, like, you know, I'd love to see Art in a wig. She's like, that would be creepy. That's all she said to me. I'd love to see Art in a wig. Mm. You know, I I didn't think anything of it. But then, you know, then the image, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, that would be creepy. I mean, he looks like the exorcist. I mean, he he has the white face. I mean, it's just that classic creepy white face. I'm like, long hair. I'm like, you got Reagan right there. But then 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 I'm thinking, like, well... Now, Art the Clown wouldn't wear a wig. He would probably – everything with Art the Clown is to just go further. So I'm like, well, he would probably be wearing a woman's scalp. Right. You know, but if, nice. if, he went, if he went that far, he's going to go further. So he's going to – so he's wearing a woman's scalp. Well, that must mean that he's he's joking about being a woman. So he's going to probably take more. So he's going to take everything, every female attribute and wear that. So So then it was like, well – so that's kind of cool, but so what's he gonna do? Is he gonna put that over his costume? Well, that's gonna that's gonna look stupid. That's not far enough. And then I'm like, he's probably he's gonna do it. He's gonna go all the way. He's gonna get naked, and he's just gonna he's gonna you know what I mean? He's gonna transform his body, and he's gonna act like a woman. He's gonna look like a woman. He's gonna look sure, like this yeah. walking this walking nightmare, you know. And I and I <laughs> talked I talked about you know I wrote it. That's that's how it was written in the script. And I talked about it with Dave, and he was just like, you know, Dave who plays Art the Clown is just phenomenal and just the coolest. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, 
coolest, sweetest, just the most game for anything. And, you know, his whole thing with that scene is, you know, well, if Catherine, who played Dawn, was willing to get naked for the hacksaw scene, he's like, oh, I'll totally get naked and take one for right. the team. You know? Sure. And, and do this. And, you know, and we did it. And we knew it was, it was fucking weird. It was weird on set, man. I mean, it was just a completely uncomfortable thing to shoot. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah. uncomfortable. It wasn't fun. It was just fucking weird, you know? <laughs> it was just like, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That, I, 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 uh, I caught myself grinning ear to ear <laughs> w- during that whole scene. And I was just sitting there going, I loved it. And I'm watching this by myself. You know, I'm just kind of like having fun with this. And, uh, and he comes out. And first, honestly, this is the, how I freaked because it was in the shadows. I'm like, wait, maybe he's like a transvestite. Right. Or something or or something like that, because I didn't see all of it until it got closer. And I saw the cut flesh. I'm like, oh, he's wearing her. Oh, shit. And um, (laughs) yeah. And I'm yeah. And I just kind of was just like just like, you know, being a a, a like minded sick mind. I I, I was thoroughly entertained by it. So (laughs) I thought it worked so good. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it'd be funny to just uh, he's completely naked other than he's wearing the boots. You know, that you know, it's like. You only see him He still has the boots on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh well, man, it it works so well too because his physical acting really sells it. Like he he does the mannerisms of like kind of that um, that classic woman body acting yes. and stuff, and and mm-hmm. he really sells the whole thing so well. But I mean, that's just in every scene his his physical comedy and physical presence and physical you know, emotion and everything is so great. Uh, I'm well, sure that, that made it easier for you to direct. It did because, uh, obviously this isn't the same actor. Mike Gianelli played him in, uh, all Hallows Eve doesn't play him anymore because that Mike is a personal friend of mine, like childhood friend. And he's not an actor. Right. Uh, so, you know, I begged him to do this. I, I, I really did. And I, you know, I said, you know, I do it. I think, um, I think we, I really think we have something here with the clown and, uh, you know, I, in all seriousness, like I, I believe in this character. I believe he has the potential to, to go on to bigger, bigger and better things, you know. And I and I told him at the time. I said, you know, I think it's going to be big, and I think you should reconsider and, and play him. And he just, you know, he just really just didn't want to didn't want to act, you know. That's what it came down I to. It's, just, it's not his thing. He didn't want to sit in the makeup chair for for 25 days, you know, for three, you know, three hours in the makeup and then getting made up and then 14 hours shooting and then an hour to take the makeup off. It, it, it's brutal. It's grueling, especially on, on this level. It's, it's tough. You know, you really got to say, you know, so, so that was, that was tough, you know, and that was scary trying to find someone because everybody say what you want about all Hallows Eve, you know, people hate it, but the people who love it, love art, the clown, they just love, love everything about him. And now, now we had to replace art, the clown. And it's like, Oh Christ, you know, sure. it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy. That's a scary thing to do. Sure. So yeah. you know, thankfully, especially Dave, on the stuff that you want to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, thankfully Dave came in and uh, I mean, we knew it was me and my producer, Phil in the audition room and he came in and, and, and we knew, just his mannerisms and his uh, the theatricality and uh, everything was just perfect. There's just things that just click instantly, and and especially one of the most important things to me was physically. I always envisioned Art the Clown to be very thin and a little tall because to me, thin and tall is much creepier. It's almost a little more alien-like. So I was like, yes. Yes. you know, and, and that's that's the way I sculpted the prosthetic. The prosthetic is very gaunt. You know, with the sunken in eyes and the the cheeks and the chin and every everything and you know, I was like it, it really would work a lot better on a thin guy and and, and Dave is very thin, 
So mm-hmm. just all of that coming together, I knew Dave would be the guy. And Dave, Dave's really phenomenal. He's, he's super. Uh, you know, you know what's great about Dave too is he can give me, he can give me a range of performances to to very subdued to over the top. You know, so so if we film the scene, you know, three or four times, he can give me four different performances. And a, and a whole spectrum and then when i get to the editing room I can, I can choose and i can say you know well this isn't you know this outlandish performance right now you know here isn't isn't right for the scene you know but maybe later on down you know when you know there's 15 minutes left in the movie and things are getting completely insane maybe that's right this is the right time to use that performance you know so so it, it was it was great. yeah it's really cool to have an actor with that range nice nice so I guess it's almost a toss-up between which one of the two scenes is more disturbing, between the uh, wearing the, the girl's flesh and prancing around like a lady, or <laughs> or the sawing a lady in half scene, which is not uh, not quite the same as the magic trick sawing a lady in half scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't. <laughs> it went the long way on that sawing in half. Yeah, but uh, how did that whole thing come about? Was that just like uh, one of those like who can come up with the most fucked up idea for a kill or something you had been yeah. thinking about for a while? Or oh no, you're right, right on the money, 100. percent Because you know we're we're going look, especially now when movies are so much easier to make because because the equipment is so much more you know it's cheaper, it's more accessible and it all looks great. So it's right. a lot easier it's a lot easier to make a movie now, which means that there's a lot more competition out there. And I, I say this to, to filmmakers who uh, who reach out to me and they ask you know they ask for advice and stuff and I this has been my my thought process from all along like going, going back to that that short film that I made in, in the film class, was do something that's going to stand out. You know what I mean? Like, what what are people right. going to walk away and talk about? Because you're going up against thousands of things. Even if you have to, you know, you have to do some sick shit sometimes or whatever. But do something, do something that people are going to remember and they're going to talk about. So I'm like, all right, I'm going. Not only am I going up against every independent movie, but I'm going up. You're going up against the biggest Hollywood movies too. Your movie's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Sure. So. You know, so yeah, I was thinking about well, what's something I had a murder scene? You, how many times have you seen someone get stabbed? You've seen it done a million times, countless times. Right, right. Uh, yeah, you've seen a head come off. You've seen someone get stabbed. You've seen a, a neck slice. Right. It's like I've never seen someone, a woman, get cut in half. You know, long ways. I've never seen that. Right, right. Uh, and one of the things that I do, I try and research. Uh, you know, you'll re- I'll research medieval torture methods, you know, whatever ideas I can come up with. And that was a legitimate torture method. They would hang people upside down in like the 1400s or whatever. But in, instead of a, a saw like that, it was a giant saw and it was a guy on each end. And they would oh, just nice. go back. Oh, they would go back man. and forth. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's so horrifying because when you read about when you read about it, because, the, you know, if you're hanging upside down for a long time before they start sawing, all the blood drains down. To, to your head, you know, so, so when they're cutting into you, like you're, you're alive for a long time. You, you, it's a, you suffer the whole way, you know, you're alive yeah. a lot longer than you would imagine. You know, it, it's, it's a truly horrifying method. So, so yeah, I mean, could he hack through a body that quickly with that hacksaw? No, but, um, you know, but it works. It's effective. And, you know, you can hack through somebody with that hacksaw, which is, you absolutely could. It would just take, it would take a little longer, but again, sure, we're not, sure. we're, we're not stopping the movie for 20 minutes to do that. You know, gotta, right. gotta be real. But, right. um, 
But yeah, but that, that was, was like, the le- that was the least of my thoughts uh, watching that scene. <laughs> it's like, oh, he should take his time. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's a lot more. Um, I think you have to suspend disbelief uh, just oh, in terms of, of how, how the fuck did he get her up there by himself? You know, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, that crazy. was um, yeah, that that is shocking in itself because uh, you know he was like torturing um the girl and and he pulled the sheet down and I was she was hanging upside down like oh my god and then going through my mind because I knew you were a special effects guy I'm I'm thinking are they gonna show it I'm like yeah he has to show it like he has to he's a special effects guy he knows what he's doing and he, hell yeah didn't disappoint so nice you know what's crazy I'm I'm curious um. Because well, that's like a it's like a fine line between how much do you show and how much do you hold back. Because as crazy as this sounds, I still feel like that scene is done in a somewhat classy manner. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe it's just me being insane, but I no, feel no. like I feel like you it's know great, yeah. you yeah, could have shown that from the front, or you could you know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like the the butt crack you know like you see it going through her ass you know i mean like that is horrifying i've never seen that that's super graphic right. but it could, it could have been a lot worse and and we do you only see those horrifying images for for a few seconds you know like i love right. uh, i love the way the effects are shot in friday the 13th part four because obviously i'm a huge tom savini fan mm-hmm. and he was one of the mm-hmm. artists on that and the effects in that they're very gra- graphic but you only see them for like a few frames you know, and they and they cut away, and I just love that from an artistic standpoint. So when I when I show it, I mean, even though in, in Terrifier, I you linger on things, and I, I constantly, even though I cut back a lot, so you feel like you're seeing it a lot longer. If you take those shots of the gore, they still only happen for for like a second or not even. You know, so you know it could have been a lot more gratuitous than it really was. So yeah, I um I actually made a note of that of exactly exactly what you're saying about like you know something because again it's that scene it's the mo- it's everybody's talking about it and you and I appreciated what you sh- what you showed and again I'm not I'm not trying to like just praise you in that scene there I'm I'm really telling you like I thought it was cool because you just you saw her from the face with the blood dripping and the guts dripping on her and then you cut away from a back scene and it's just enough. Like we don't need to see every single detail because that is then you start becoming a little fake a little bit because, you know, sure. it's a movie and you're starting to buy into it. But right. the, the points of when when she was still shaking up and down and you can hear her screaming and you're, you're cutting her from the back. I thought it was really, really well done um, to sell the scene and to not like I said, not to show more of it in detail because then that th- sure. because then it becomes a little exploitive. You know what right. I mean? If you're mm-hmm. you're going for the, I mean, yes, it is a shocking scene, but then you're straight going for shock value to, you know, to pander to the audience a little bit. If you're going, you know, second yeah. by second, everything like that. So yeah, right. You're 100 percent right. I mean, like, look, obviously, it is an exploitation movie. We're exploiting violence. Sure. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no doubt we're selling the violence in this movie. But I still feel like there is a way to do it where it's, it's. You know, I mean, I guess I, I don't. I don't know the other word. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not effect cl- effectiveness. It's a yeah. it's straight up effectiveness. It's yeah. not classy, yeah. but there there is a way to completely abuse it that other, that other films do, where they just linger Correct. on too long, and then it just becomes this hokey, completely gratuitous uh, thing where it's just like they're just shoving it in your face. Right. Yeah, right. I tried not to do that. I don't know. I'm sure some people would disagree and say that I completely did that to them. I did not. Ex- <laughs> 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 
anyway, you know, you're not going to please everybody. And that's 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 just the one of the things when you especially in filmmaking, right? You put yourself out there, man, and people are going to like it or they're going to hate it and exactly. they're going to criticize or, you know, so I like that, yeah. uh, that you know, her corpse kind of hung there for a while too, and people would keep stumbling across it, like her. Uh, <laughs> Her friend yeah. goes to run past, and then she kind of stops for a minute and does one of those, like, ew. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think, uh, sorry, I don't know if you guys heard my dog was fucking freaking out in the background. So I had to get oh, up no. and go throw him out on the porch. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm home alone. He gets uh, he gets lonely sometimes. So. Oh, bring him out. <laughs> uh, he'll just come in here and make all kinds of noise too so <laughs> anyways um i th- i think uh overall you, you definitely have kind of captured the right the you know the right mood at the right time here with this mm-hmm. and it is a good balance where it shows a lot but it doesn't go so far to where uh you know everyone is going to be offended or turned off by it or or right. it's going to seem like you're you're going that far just for the sake of doing it. So, you know, not like a, a complete shock value with no substance right. to it. And, you know, so much of the stuff that gets made now is really based on a lot more substance to the story and, and stylized cinematography. But, you know, there, there is less of this just horrible, you know, wanton violence and, and chaos and stuff like this movie has. So I think it's nice to see that done really well at this time so uh one yeah, one thing i, I was gonna music say music score too is awesome too. oh yeah 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 i love it sorry what was that the music score the the you went synthesizer you know that kind of uh, uh music was very effective too thank you that that's uh, paul wiley he's um he's part of marilyn manson's band believe it or not and he's oh really uh, yeah right. yeah he's a guitarist when they go on tour um cool coolest dude i mean he just um you know, he says, "What are you looking for?" And I'll I'll give him a, you know, I'll say I'll say, "Can you, you know, let's go a little Carpenter, a little more, but a little intense." And uh, I, sure. I think I told him, uh, you know, "Tangerine Dream" from the movie Sorcerer. Like I was giving him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, score the score from just little things like that. And then I, you know, he comes back and just gives me all this great shit that I just plug into the movie for the most part. So it's nice. Yeah, very cool. Very easy to work. With. Where did you guys make this movie at? We shot uh, the the warehouse is located in Trenton, New Jersey, so that was where most of the movie. But uh, all around the New York and New Jersey area, we shot it. In. Yeah, yeah, I I know I heard you talking about the set a little bit that you had said you know that that was basically what it was like. You guys didn't didn't oh, okay. add very much to it. You didn't really build it up too much or anything. It was just kind of what was already Zero. there. Yeah, the only thing we added were the uh, the rats. That was the yeah. <laughs> that it was all real. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, what does the future have for you besides the uh, you know eventual sequel or, or continuation of Art Story or or prequel or whatever? Is there any other things that you would like to work on or maybe you're thinking about doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I think I'm going to focus all my energy on on the sequel because that, I think that makes the most sense right now, especially especially since it takes so long to make these friggin' movies that I, I don't want it to I, I don't want the energy to really die down that much by the time a sequel comes out of course right you know so I'm really gonna jump into that but I would love to I would love to make a, a vampire movie because uh, I keep saying that it's been a long time since a vampire movie to me was truly frightening not necessarily violent although I would 
I would put some insane graphic violence into it. But, <laughs> sure. You know? Sure. But, you know, like, I, where's the modern Salem's lot? Like, that feeling is gone. That that mood, that atmosphere is just gone. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. The last the last good vampire movie to me was Vampires, John Carpenter's Va- Vampires. Exactly. I, yeah, I love Vampires. But yeah, it was yeah. a great movie. And that and that's not even close in, in tone, you know? That's completely... Yeah. That's more of a like from Dust Till Dawn type movie. Exactly. You know, so you know, where's the modern Salem's lot? Like that needs mm-hmm. to be that me- needs to yes. be reintroduced. Um, it's like it's like the same thing to me with uh, with with music. Um, you know, maybe maybe it does exist and I just can't find it or haven't found it. But like, where are the new rock bands or guys try- who who are trying to be like the next Pink Floyd or or Led Zeppelin or Rolling Stone? Yeah. Just put their own modern, you know, flair on it. But I mean, that's the band that they're trying to be. It's like, where, where is that? When is that cycle going to come around? Like, that's what I'm waiting for. You know, I mean, so that's yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what I'm looking for in in horror movies. Uh, another my dream project would be to make zo- the zombie subgenre is my favorite subgenre sure. horror films by far. Like. Dawn of the Dead, uh, Day of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead. Those are those are like my three favorite horror movies, but especially Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead. Right. So of course. My, my dream project would be to make – I have this great epic zombie movie that would be in the same exact world as Romero's Day of the Dead. You know, that's, that's my, dream, my dream project. So, but that's, that's something that would take a, take a lot of money to yeah. do. Zombie yeah. movie, really tough to pull off. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, so those are the three things that, that I would have, um, that if I had the opportunity, I would jump into either one of those, but, uh, definitely, definitely terrifier, especially, you know, terrifier is the one because it's a proven, uh, what I call it mm-hmm. or something at this point. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a bit of a success, I guess, for the amount of money we made it for and mm-hmm. the reaction, the reaction it's getting. I could imagine someone throwing me money to make Terrify 2 a lot quicker than they would to just, you know, take a big gamble on a zombie yes. mm-hmm. or a vampire movie. So, yes, you know, you're right. Yeah, I, it is. It is making noise. So, I mean, you uh, first off, congratulations on that, because it's very hard to p- get people to to start the buzz about a movie and stuff, you know. And that's mm-hmm. the great thing about us doing this podcast is that we, we get to come across these movies that we wouldn't normally see you know, walking down the street, you know, and I always say, man, there are gems. There's, there's so many gems out there and especially in the horror community, you know, so what you got there, you know, that's your puppy, dude, you, you that's your creation. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the community will, is, is wanting something else, something more of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What, what are some, um, what are some new horror movies or hidden gems that you, uh, cause I've, I've been a little out of the loop. I've been just like living. Oh, okay. In- world right so there's um we covered a movie called savage land um we did this uh a couple weeks back or a month back to right paul we talked to the director on him and um it's in the zombie world but it's a uh, like like how you were saying like a documentary found footage kind of movie but in in the zombie world it's but it's done so smart and it is one of those things that nobody's heard of or you know in in the horror community and especially in the podcasting, this movie is making its rounds. And of course, in the, um, you know, independent circuits and stuff like that. So I would recommend like you seeing that that's something that I would have never came across that. And unless Paul didn't bring it up to me sure, and sure. I was just blown away. So yeah, movie's called like Savage a, Land. yeah, it's like a mockumentary, uh, style movie. 
So it's a mm-hmm. it's a combination of a different cinematography styles all kind of rolled into one to seem like a news report meets found footage with some photography mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I like those movies when they're when they're done right, but when yeah. when it's yes. cold. When it's called for, not when it's Frankenstein versus the Mummy. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like yeah. I love, um, you know, I love the original Blair Witch Project. I think that movie was fantastic. Yes, for yeah. the time, absolutely. You know, and, and the gimmick at the time because it was so fresh, where it just worked. Yeah. Beautifully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, man, Savage Land. All right, cool. Yeah, one of our our show favorites was uh, the movie called Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had heard of that one. No. Uh, it just came out last year, and it's on Netflix now too. Um, it's a a French movie. Um, basically, it's like a girl goes off to veterinary school, and then through some sort of a series of pranks, she ends up kind of developing this taste for human flesh. Ooh, okay. That turns into a, a really weird and dark sort of a de-evolution of somebody. <laughs> basically, it's, you know, you yeah. go through the the steps of a person breaking down and losing their humanity. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good send one. You a, we should like, send you a list um, yeah, after yeah. the show and stuff because there's like, like I, I want you to see Patchwork now. I want you to see all these movies that we've, that we're finding, you know, and there's so many. Like, um, I think you would enjoy Patchwork a lot because that is in the line of the Frankenstein ish, um, monster ish stuff, but it's done in a very comedic way. It's done in a very smart way, a drama way and stuff like that. So there's, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll compile a list and send it off to you. Please um, do. Just yeah, 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 just like, hey, these are stuff that we've come across, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe you'll enjoy a couple. Yeah, and with this, so, just with the streaming services, it's so easy to get so many of so, these things too. You know, do you have any idea of um, down the road if you guys might try and send your movie off to like Shutter or to any of these streaming services that are picking up a lot of independent movies? I I hope so. I don't um, I don't know at this point. I mean, that's really not my um, my area. Uh, sure, it's more. Sure. That's the distributor, but right. um, you know, obviously, everybody would love to get their movie on Netflix because you're going yeah. to get mm-hmm. in front of the eyes. But um, yeah. I think it's getting a lot harder to get onto Netflix because Netflix is uh, so big right now. They're really carefully and, and they're, they're doing their own thing too. They're doing their own thing, and yeah, it's yeah. they're getting a lot more choosy. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. Well, that's why uh, the the Shutter service yeah. is nice. I don't know if you've heard of their streaming service. I have, you know, I, I um at uh, Terrifier played uh, had its New York premiere at Lincoln Center, and um yeah, one of like the representatives of Shutter was was there at the screening, and he really he really liked the movie. Um, he ha- yeah, he has my information. I mean, he's never reached out, so um, sure. I would say the ball's in his court. But <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Well, yeah. either way, it's definitely out and available for people to see on, on iTunes and all the other VOD services that you can pick it up off of, right? And and you guys also have physical copies, too. Uh, what is yeah, the, the best place copies. for people to buy the copies? Um, I would say Amazon and uh, the Epic Pictures, uh, their actual website. I, I don't know if you can get it cheaper there or whatnot, but, but those are definitely two, uh, the two places to get it. Sure. Yeah, a lot of people in horror like to actually get the physical copies, so... Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they they made it. They were really cool. Epic about making the physical copy like collector worthy. Like they, you know, I I really wanted reversible artwork. Right. And um, you know, they were gracious enough to to let me do that. Um. So there's like if you flip the cover, there's actually two different posters on the back. Right. Right. And, yeah. There's a uh, as many features 
as we could possibly fit onto the uh, onto the the Blu-ray because, you know, unfortunately, like when you make a movie this low budget, you're not thinking about all the all the features and stuff like that. You're just trying to make the movie. Right. <laughs> so, but but you know, thankfully enough, we got we got like a nice twenty minutes of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, me and Dave, uh, who plays Art the Clown, we got um our uh, commentary on it. There's two deleted scenes. Nice. There's a uh, uh, Jenna Cannell who plays Tara. Did a did a, like a nice ten minute interview, uh, you know, talking about her character and what it was like to work on the movie. So there's that there's definitely cool stuff. It's worth having that copy, you know, as opposed to just yeah, streaming. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm definitely <clears throat> I'm definitely going to actually buy a physical copy of it too. Uh, awesome. Oh yeah, big time. This one. Thank you. That's awesome. Maybe I'll have to um, reach out to to you guys and I'll send it out for you guys to sign it for me. We would be send happy to. So. But yeah, no, sure. this has been great. Um, before we go, uh, I guess, you know, just let everybody know where to follow you or, you know, keep up with what you get, have coming up next or what kind of, uh, I know you, get, you had a contest going on for your Instagram page that was almost wrapped up, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it ends, uh, if I get like 200 more followers, uh, you know, we, we close the um, we close the contest or giveaway, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, three, uh, three copies signed by me and, and Dave. Uh, we'll give away to people, um, but that's uh, yeah, primarily how I interact with you know people who are uh, who are fans of the movie and stuff like that um, through my Instagram. I don't really like Twitter. I mean, we have a uh, there is a Terrifier Twitter. There's um, another big thing that I that I run is the um, the Art the Clown Facebook page. I mean, there's a lot of people get information through that. But so I would say and through my Instagram for sure, where you can keep up to date with everything. Yeah, and is that um, that's uh, Damien underscore Leone. Yes. Yeah, that's my Instagram. All right. Very good. Yeah, no, this has been great. I appreciate the time, and we will make sure we'll put all your information and stuff in the in the post for the show, and and get that out to to you to see and share to your friends and whatever. And hopefully, we'll get even more people checking the movie out that uh, have not yet, or buying copies, or or whatever. So. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, and I honestly can't wait to see where. Art the clown goes for or came from. Thank you, man. I, yeah, I, I think uh, I feel really confident about the sequel. Like it's not like I have not I have not run out of ideas yet. Like this one, I'm ready to rock. It's still gonna feel fresh. Like there's so much more to do nice, with this man. character. So awesome. yeah, awesome. Super excited. Nice. And, you no, know, I think, cool. yeah. I, I mean, just uh, one last quick thing. Like I think mm -hmm. we're I think we're in the perfect place because. Because what I wanted to do with this movie was just really get to the core of like getting back to basics, just like for even me personally, if it was just like some personal frustration of just saying like, where is, where is this type of movie? Like I miss this type of movie, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just getting to the core of what a slasher film could be and like, you know, an old school slasher, you know, kind of iconic horror villain. So, so even if we got that across with Art the Clown, you know, that, that was my goal. But now, oh, yeah. you know, there is a lot of room, big time, for for improvement. There's a lot to explore. There's a lot of room for improvement. So I, I think we're in a good spot because if I think if we came out just like you know hit a hit a grand slam with this, it's like well where do you go next? You know, but there, there's right. there's plenty of places to go oh, now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I honestly think the next one is gonna be is gonna be the ultimate kind of Art the Clown movie. So I'm excited. Wow, I got a, lot, sure, a lot sure. of cool, a lot of cool ideas. So well, you know, I but. Yeah, I think this will, um, you know, kind of be the opportunity to almost make like a modern 
icon out of him like he's already kind of starting to yeah, get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we don't we don't have that, a lot yeah. of reoccurring faces of of these movies like this. So, I think that's uh that's really cool that you have almost sort of captured the hearts of people with this uh this creepy mime face. Well, you know, yeah, we're super grateful and you know, you don't it's like that people are throwing the word icon around and stuff like that, but you can't you can't set out to do that. It's, no, it it no, has no. to be you know what I mean? And it's like it it's has in to, a happy accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has to be organic. And, and it really is because, you know, I'm I'm really just a fan at the end of the day. Like, I really am. I was just like this little, you know, kid, two, three years old, just watching these movies all the time. And it's like, this is this is what I love. And these are these were my heroes. And it's just like, well, you know, can I can I play around in this, uh, you know, in this arena? Sure. Too, yeah. you know. That's really all raised correctly. So yeah, yeah. So I'm really just happy that it's connecting, and there's other people like me out there. That's really what it comes down to. It's like you know. Oh, for sure. So, but yeah. So hopefully we don't disappoint. And you know, thank you guys. This was a this was a total blast. I had you know, man. I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. And this was you know this was just so much fun. And if you ever want me to come back to talk about Commando for two hours, we can totally do. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah, we can uh, we can definitely set that up. But yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch throughout, and uh, we'll send you some suggestions and stuff too. So yes, please do. All right, great. Um, and as far as uh, for our show, um, obviously anyone that's listening knows where to find it, and you can also just follow our Facebook uh, group and like page at Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and our Instagram under the same name. Uh, all right, thanks and good night. I'd rather talk about fucking Commando than uh, Terrifiers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know, just nah, that... I, I enjoy talking about the movie, for sure. Just that yeah. opening scene where he's carrying the tree trunk on his shoulder and the bicep. Oh, yeah. Fun, you know? I could talk about how badass uh, the uh, the shed scene is for a good hour. Just break that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Absolutely. God. And then when he drops yeah. the guy from the Warriors off the cliff when he's hanging him by his yep. ankle. Remember when I said I kill you last? Yeah. I lied. <laughs> Patrick Kelly, talk about him. He's oh god, that movie's brilliant. So oh, brilliant. I know. Yeah. in that movie uh dreamscape i don't know if you guys remember dreamscape Dude, i grew up watching that as well yeah had that yeah. on on a vhs tape man he he's he's brilliant that guy i i wanted yeah. him to yeah. it was one of the amazing work. yeah yeah oh
Yeah. Do you know? Do you know he came up with that uh, that famous scene from the Warriors? Uh, that was all his idea to, to clank the bottles and say no. Warriors to play. Really? That was really? All, all his idea. Came up with it on the spot. It was just unbelievable. Thank you, man. Have a good night. All right. You too. Have a good night, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Later.